So one of the things I've been working on, because I hear from time to time that beginnings are pretty good for me, but endings can be kind of dicey in sermons, which makes sense because the first thing we think about is the beginning. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the ending. And this, in, a, in internet lingo, this might be called too long, didn't read. This might be too long, didn't listen. So, so there we go. So the end of it is this. Whatever we do, the scent of what we have done lingers, whether it's an act of love or whether it's not an act of love. Whatever we do lingers in the nostrils of the people around us. So there you have it, the end. Thanks be to God. No, I'm just kidding. So I, one of the things that always stands out for me, and every time this text comes up, the, the second lesson I have to go and do a quick word study because I want to make sure that I'm still delivering accurate information because this text makes the middle schooler in me giggle. And it begins with Paul saying, if anyone has reason to boast, I have more. And then he goes on to list the reasons that he has to boast. I was born in a legitimate marriage. I was circumcised on the eighth day. Look at my pedigree. Look at my education. Look at all these amazing things that I can claim. Good thing none of us know anybody like that, right? Because those people are pretty insufferable to be around when all they do is tell us how good they are. But then Paul does something that makes it a little less insufferable. He says, but compared to what I found in Jesus Christ, compared to the love, compared to the new life, compared to all these different ways that God has blessed my life personally, everything else that I've mentioned before is rubbish. Now you might say, why does that engage the middle schooler in you, preacher? And I'll tell you why. It's because the word that we translate as rubbish is the word scubula. And the word scubula has the connotation, not necessarily of male cows and what comes out of the back of them, but it has the connotation of people and what comes out of the back of us. And when you think about that, you know, it, it's, a, it's a really fascinating word to choose because it, it can have in its later definition and by the third century, this word had lost a lot of its shock value. And in fact, there are Slavic people with the last name related to Skubal, believe it or not. And, and so while my name is Wolf in English, their name would be something else, I reckon. But the, the reason this really comes to light is because I think when Paul wrote it, then its connotation was certainly something negative. But by the time theologians started playing with this, they actually took on different ways to transition it from feces into rubbish. And one stop along the way is why I'm mentioning this today, other than it makes me giggle to talk about this in church, is that one of the definitions of it can, has translated to manure. And as I think about Mary anointing Jesus' feet with nard, expensive perfume, and, and the aroma that leaves, manure leaves a very distinct odor when you've been working with and it's one of the reasons I don't like to garden, to be honest with you, because when I was a kid, my mom had a garden that she made us go out and weed and fertilize, and I hated using that stuff, because even though most of the smell was gone, some of it remains. And a, a theologian named Chrysostom said something very fascinating about this, and it's that somehow this manure is actually a positive thing. Now, when we read the rubbish piece, it doesn't sound very positive, does it? Rubbish is one of the biggest problems we have in our culture. 
Rubbish is something that we have to deal with. Rubbish is something we have to get rid of. We have to separate. We have to make sure it doesn't pollute the things around it. You know, when we throw away batteries and electronics, we have to put it in special places. But manure does have some uses. It will fertilize things. And so maybe if we think about this more in its original context, it does have something that's important for us as we think about what Mary was doing with Jesus by anointing his feet with her hair and drying it with her hair and, and making sure that his feet smelled pretty was something to belong to her. All those things that come before, Paul's pedigree, Paul's education, the experiences that Paul had, they may mean nothing to him now, but all of them fertilize the things that were to come. Nothing is wasted. And for those of us who in our lives have occasionally done things we're not proud of, for those of us in our lives who have had hard experiences, who have suffered indignities and abuse, who have suffered through heartache and loss and death of loved ones and disease, through, through all the challenges that come with getting to wherever we are right now, whether where we are right now is someplace we want to be or whether where we are right now is someplace where we feel stuck, there is nothing that has come from behind us in our history that is wasted. Everything that we have experienced is something that provides the nourishment and the nutrients and the experience that leads to not just knowledge but wisdom. So that who we are now and what we do now is somehow informed by what is behind us. So it makes me wonder, you know, not just... I, th I think it's more than just Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead that made Mary so grateful to him and so willing to do something for him that was so personal and, and so involved and intimate as washing his feet with her hair and then anointing them with perfume. Because remember, when Jesus was called, when Lazarus was ill, he was already a friend of the family. In, in church, I, I often will say the only currency we have is community. Everything is rooted in relationship. And, and in my newsletter article this week, shameless plug, I talked a little bit about the power of community. I talked about what it means to be a part of this community of faith. That this community of faith is more than what we do on Sunday mornings, but it's how we gather. It's how we relate. It's how we enjoy each other. It's how we treat each other. It's how we forgive each other. It's how we embrace each other. It's how we pray for each other when we're sick. Sometimes it's just about the relationship that happens around a coffee pot or happens around snacks during, during Sunday school. Or a community that comes through conversations that happen in an adult forum, which I'd like to start back and we should talk about that. It's, it's more than simply getting together to sing songs and pray. The community that we have is what nourishes and fertilizes the work that we do when we leave from this place. And the scent of our love that we have for each other. In the same way, when we drink the wine at communion, the scent of it might linger in our nostrils. The same way, when, when we light a candle that has a scent, the aroma of it lingers in the room at, even after it's gone out. The aroma of what we do persists even after we've left. And all these years later, reading about Judas's response, something still stinks. 
And what stinks about his response isn't that he said we could have saved this money and given it to the poor, because certainly there is value in choosing whether to buy something expensive for what feels like a luxury or to buy something that is essential for people who don't have it. But because the reason he wanted to save that money was not to give it to the poor, but because he wanted some of it for himself. And that kind of scent of what we do lingers from time to time too. And, and so the, the question that we have listening to this text is what aroma do we leave behind when we leave a place? Is it the aroma of love? Is it, is it the aroma of selfishness? Sometimes. Is it the aroma of kindness, of caring? In the same way that the perfume that Mary used to anoint Jesus' feet lingered in her hair, the things that we do for the people around us linger in their lives. And we do. We have an opportunity to leave an aroma that is pleasing and beautiful or, or leave a stink that is not. The good news for us is that through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, what God gives us and creates within us through the waters of baptism and nourishes us with through the meal of communion is an aroma that is so strong of love that it rubs off on the people around us. So as we go out from this place this week, think about the ways that we rub off on other people and leave our scent behind. And in everything that we do, leave something pleasing as often as we can. Amen.